Welcome to our Sunday morning segment of the Grace Chapel podcast. If you would like more information about Grace Chapel, visit their website, gracechapel.org.au. There you can find more materials in growing your identity in Christ. Today's question, why go to church? Draw near to God. This is James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I also love verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So, how do we draw near to him? And what does it mean? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And so why should I go to church? It's because it's a principle. Now last week we just touched briefly on the principle of giving and a question came up about how we give. Um, I had to just address this before I proceed. Um, We don't actually have a basket that goes around the church. We have it sitting here, so that is the way we give, here or online at gracechapel.org.au. You can give there as well, either for just for general giving or for specified giving, missions, that sort of thing. But today we're exploring why we go to church. And it's a good question because a lot of people have given it away. They've decided... No, it's not for me. And I've got 12 points, though not in any particular order, though I numbered them. So don't think that there's a particular order. They're just some points to discuss. That's about it. Now, we don't come to church because we're perfect. We don't come to mix with others who are perfect. We don't come to church to learn how to lay the Lord down on ourselves or onto others. We come because we were made to be relational. We need to have relationship with our creator and fellowship together with others who are like-minded in this way. That's the way God made us. He has a perfect plan for us and it's in our interest to explore the plan God has for us. We come to church to understand that plan and abide in it. So let's answer these questions to help us understand. Do we need to go to church to be a Christian? And the short answer is no. However, so with that being the case, how bad can it be not to come? I will now give the long answer, starting with some scenarios. How about we use a mother, for example? It's Mother's Day next week, so I'm going to pick on the mother first. She said she doesn't need to attend her children's parent-teach interviews at school to be a mother. It's true. This same mother said she doesn't need to attend her children's concert to be their mother or help out as a volunteer at school, or help with homework, or even be present at any of her children's milestones 
and graduations to be their mother? Does she need to go along to these things to prove that she's the mother? Same as the father. Does he need to show up to ball games or other events to prove that he's the father? Does he need to give hours of his time in the car with his learner driver to prove he is the father? Does he need to have a conversation with his child, just like, good morning, how are you? Do you need a hand? Let's do something fun and memorable together. What is the need for conversation when his position as father won't change regardless? He doesn't need to say anything to be the father. He will still be the father. Does he need to play with them, talk with them, work on a project with them, eat with them, help them to solve problems, or be present at all to be the father? Do you get what I'm driving at? We don't need to attend church to be a Christian, but what kind of Christian does that make us? What is the example we are giving to those who are close to us and what for those who are watching? There are a lot of questions about life that can't be answered about God. Sorry, there are a lot of questions that can't be answered without God. So let's go to the place we can be sure of answers that include God. All of that and the fact that we don't grow without teaching. Do we care? I think we should. Think of the absent mother and the absent father scenario. What kind of relationship do you think they have with their own children? Can you imagine how distant these children feel to their parents? With little interest these parents show in their children, what kind of lessons do you think they can teach us about the importance of relationships? Broken families are everywhere and these tragedies didn't happen overnight. It happened because distance became normal. And then in time, the relationship was broken. Relationships take work. God is calling us into a relationship with him and he wants us to lead others into a relationship with him also. Fellowship in the church family is important. We're relational beings. Our creator is also relational. He knows we need each other. Christians don't obey scripture or go to, the, to church because we think it saves us. We do it because we have a desire for Christ. We are thankful for what he did for us and we long to do his will. We need to fellowship with other believers in order to grow. In reality, those of us who are mature Christians need to be there for those who are new and growing in faith. Although at the same time, I know there is never a day that goes by that we don't learn a thing. We are all growing. We are all learning from each other. The church is a great place to grow in godly wisdom. The wisdom that keeps us from diversions, costing us time, pain, health and those things that keep us from flourishing. 
I can never emphasise more strongly the great benefits we get from praying together, reading together and fellowshipping together. Here's an example. When I read the Bible and pray, it takes time out of my day, but I know it's restored to me without fail. It's profound, to say the least. It's like the wealthy man who gives away his millions and finds he's more fulfilled than when his wealth was stored in investments and banking vaults. So let's look at the 12 reasons why we are here. First, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Let's look in the Bible at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. In here, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We are living in a world that is sick because all our priorities are out of sorts with God's plan. Women are flat out cutting men down and telling them to step aside. How true that is. It's a disaster. God made a plan for a relationship that works for men and women to be husbands and wives and used the same plan for the church. Christ loved the church so much he died for it. How many men love their wife enough that he would die for her? Jesus did. When we come to church each week, you'll always be reminded that Jesus laid his life down for the church and all of mankind. This sacrificial act touches the soul like no other story does. We come together every Sunday to show our reverence for what he did. This perfect love has remained unmatched in all of world history. Let's go to number two. We must be imitators of Christ and his apostles. In the reference to Luke chapter 4, Verse 16, I'm reading from the New King James Version. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Yes, and we know from reading the Gospels that Jesus went to the synagogue every week. He asked us to do as he did. We just don't know who is watching us and imitating us. So who better for us to imitate than Jesus so people can see it done and do as we do. Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and so should we. It's those who are closest to us and watching us that will be most impressionable to our lifestyle choices. So let's make them good. Here's another example. When we were trying to have a family, I felt Jesus press, press on my conscience about my interest in worldly music and those video clips. We can remember Rage. I just did a little Google search and found that Rage is all the rage. Rage is still the program that they have. <laughs> it was back then when I was a teenager. 
And, um, and I had to do the Google search because I stopped watching those. I felt that the Lord impress on me, is that what you, you want your children to do in those video clips? And I was horrified. I thought, no, I don't want my children to do what's in those video clips. So I, I stopped watching them. I stopped putting them on my television screen. I'd just play it while I did things around the house, but I stopped doing that because I didn't want it to be the culture in my home. I thought there's enough adversity out there without having those video clips playing. But that's what God spoke to me. We all need to know what God is speaking to each of us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't watch these. I'm just saying listen to the Lord. Listen to what he's telling you. That's what he impressed on me and for that time. And I, it was a challenge because it was a bit of a habit. And it was a go-to. I'd just do it without thinking, just put the TV on and off I go. So I did stop doing that. So if the Lord's speaking to you in a way that's personal to you about your habits or what you do do or what you don't do, listen to what the Lord's saying. Number three, you learn and better understand scripture. It increases your growth on your walk of faith. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. We all want to increase our learning, don't we? And we want to get godly counsel. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. So how do we become more and more like Jesus? By taking on his word onto ourselves. And more than that, the simple questions become answered. Every child asks these questions Where do I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And there's a stack of adults out there who are asking the same question. They don't know. But people who come to church, people who read God's word, will get the answers. We get the answers in God's word. Invite these people to church if they're having trouble with the ants, these big ants, big questions. It's, we all want to know why we're here. What are we doing here and where we're going? That's the, that's the beginning of all the other questions in life. And number four, there is more guidance when we go to church. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people will f- people fall. But in the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. Yes, we love wise counsel. 
and there's a plenty of examples in the Bible of people in real situations and we can see how their little story plays out and what the result is at the end. And then we could put ourselves into that story and, and know how to make decisions to lead to good outcomes. That's why they're there for us to learn. Our world is clearly in trouble because we have moved away from godly guidance. The Bible has been thrown away, tossed out of the classrooms, and out of all our institutions. Parents said for years they don't need to bring their children to church because they get religious instructions in schools. But RE has been removed from the schools for at least five years now. That's in Victoria. And there is no influx of parents bringing their children to church or Sunday school. So we know if unless they're going to church, it's likely they're getting nothing about God. Even in secular schools 100 years ago, the word secular didn't mean the same as it does today. It was understood to mean that Christian biblical morals and principles would be taught and no other faith would be allowed. It was expected at least a chapter of the Bible would be read every day in the classroom. So how's, how's that? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that till a couple of days ago when I was looking at secular schools had a completely different meaning. Now we think of secular as a school that has um, no religion at all, no faith at all. But in actual fact, our schools are all full of a faith. But is it a faith in God or is it in a faith in something else? They believe in something else. You've got to believe in Darwinism. You've got to have a faith to believe in Darwinism. It's like a religion all of its own. But it's not too late to lay a firm foundation in your life. Starting today, God can restore us to him if this is what we earnestly want. God can't promise to save us from the consequences of our actions, but he can save us from doing more harm to ourselves and give us eternal life in him. And when we decide to turn our trust and obe obedience firmly upon him, he has a marvellous way of making our trials into blessings. Turn and trust in him completely and see for yourselves. He can and does restore. He needs us to trust him completely. Next, to have fellowship with your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is another reason why we come to church. In this scripture, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare, declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We need to first prepare our hearts before we come to the Lord and listen to what Jesus wants us to hear from him. Like Samuel, we need to be quiet and still and listen so we can hear 
draw near to God and listen well. He wants us to He wants to connect with us more than we even want to connect with him. He has so much to share with us. He wants to inform us and he wants to equip us. He wants to warn us. Sometimes he wants to change our mind. Other times he wants to get us to do things we have not been doing and we need to start doing. Or he wants to direct us to things we have been doing and we need to stop doing. That's, are we listening to what that might be? Number six, it is important to have fellowship with other believers. Share, encourage, teach, love and help. In the scripture Hebrews, chapter 10. Verse 24 to 25, it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, that speaks of today, doesn't it? So much more. We need to assemble together with being separated for so long during a COVID crisis and also with all the media that's prolific and full of agendas. We need to come to a place where we know we're going to get the truth. And people are struggling. There are a lot of people who have found themselves alone with so many questions unanswered. The world has been shaken and now the question is, how do these people proceed? Depression and suicidal behaviour is on the rise because people have realised they have no hope. Mental health facilities are struggling with the numbers of people seeking help. There's another big facility being built in Wonthaggy. There is a void, the shape of our creator inside of every one of us but until we feel until we find a relationship with him we feel empty and this is especially noticeable when things are tough we who have read the book the bible have a lot to offer keep those people in your prayers every day invite them to come to church get alongside them and share your testimony with them Oh, I can't encourage you more that your testimony is so important to share with these people who are lost, lonely, have big questions about life and who are depressed, losing hope. We need to reach out to those people. Number seven, we come to worship God. This is important, worshipping God. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Even when we don't feel like worshipping, 
that happens. It's true. Sometimes you just, you know that would be helpful and you just go, I don't feel like it. We, that's probably the time when we really, really need to, more than ever. Worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. Step out in faith even when we don't want to. It's the time to take our thoughts captive, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and do it because we know we should honour him. Then we will find worship comes naturally and more easily. just want to encourage you in that because worshipping Jesus, if there's things that are troubling you on your mind like it has done for me Um, I have reached out prayer prayer language and worship really helps when we're confronted with the troubles of the world number eight Christians make up the body of Christ we belong to each other and we are to use what God has equipped us with for good In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 5. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We all have different abilities. There are things I'm not good at and there are things that you are not good at but we rely on each other. I can't play the guitar like Fred. Did you see Fred live last night on Facebook? (laughs) And sing like Fred, Karen, Beck and Perry. And I can't fix the computer and launch uh, um, into space a message like Perry. I can't play the drums like Jono. And I don't have as many years experience as Pastor Chris, Evelyn, Sue and Don. So I'll go to them for advice. We all need each other. See, we're a family. We need each other. Be encouraged to value each other in a very real and precious way and be thankful for the gift each person brings to this church family when we unite for a common purpose. In our belief in God, something powerful happens. Number nine. To be a good example. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Well, really, that says to me that wisdom can come at all different ages. But we should be learning from each other. We're at all different places in our walk. We need to check that our words are giving encouragement and not causing humiliation, embarrassment, shame and anger. Think before speaking and love all others and don't jump to your own defence. That's another thing that's huge these days. People who are easily offended. We need to show that we are different. If someone says or does something that is insensitive to us, we need to respond with loving kindness in word and in deed. This way, people will have confidence in our friendship and in our opinions, our godly opinions, that is. 
So um, there's a lot of people out there who are um, offended very easily and it makes them angry. There's a lot of angry people out there. They can justify their offence so that it makes them angry. So we should not be angry, we should be loving and respond with, with offences, with love. That really gets people taking notice. It's not easy when people are insensitive towards you. It can be hard to deal with. But we must because we need our hearts to, be, to remain right with God and we need to demonstrate the love of God in return. And I have an example and it's about 31-year-old example. I was 21 at the time and it's the story I've, I haven't told anyone. I shared with my husband but no one else. And um, it was a classic example of being offended. I was offended. And um, it did, it happened at church, actually. Yes, we can be offended at church. There you go. I was 21. And it was Mother's Day. And what had happened was I had not long been pregnant and lost a child before Mother's Day. And the person ahead of me, like at church we get a flower, a flower gets pinned. And um, a church, a person ahead of me was pregnant and uh, was acknowledged for being a mother. I thought, oh, that's nice. And, um, and then nothing was said to me. And I was devastated because I had been pregnant and I lost a child and I, didn't, I wasn't carrying a child. I wasn't pregnant with a child. So I didn't qualify for a flower and it devastated me. Now, don't even think about who that person was that was handing out the flowers, who that person was that was pregnant. It was a very long time ago. And, but this story is more about me. This one's about me. It's not about the other people around. It was about my response to the situation. And, oh yeah, I did cry. I was pretty hurt. But the thing is, I had to resolve in myself how I, I had to respond to that situation. What would a Christian do? And what would God want me to do? And he wanted me to just leave it, just leave it. And so I did, I left it. I had my cry, I thought I'll be right soon. My husband knows how upset I was at the time and I never spoke to anyone about it because, and everyone here wouldn't have known about it until just now. And, um, and it's an example, I'm bringing it up as an example that we can offend someone so easily. It's effortless. And that person never knew that they did. They never, never will know. And um, we, could so, we could be offended by the way someone parks their car. We could be offended by the way someone chews their food. We could be offended by the things that someone says. See, so we, we can be offended so easily. But let's be different. Let's not be offended easily. Let's do the opposite to what the world is doing and not be offended. Let's just love in response. And because I found that myself, 
because I've forced myself to push away um, the things that have upset me so terribly. Uh, because I've chosen to forget about it, actually, I do have a bad memory too. So <laughs> that's, I use that to my advantage. And um, by pushing those things away, we can just go, no, it's a new day, it's a new circumstance. God loves this person too and um, I'm not going to let it come between us. I've made that choice. And that speaks to the other person. They start, I see that they start to have confidence in you and they want to know your opinion then. They start to want to know what you think about things because they want to start changing to be like you where things don't worry you so much. We don't like worries. Yeah, so that's God's plan. We need to put our offences aside, put them at the foot of the cross, leave them there. We, hate, we need to harbour nothing against one another. So even at church, we can be tested, but the question is, can we pass the test? This brings us to the next point, number 10. It is important for spiritual growth and spiritual strength to go to church. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given, us, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Yes, we're just talking about growing. Spiritual growth is whereby we become more and more like Jesus. And my grandmother said she had never stopped learning every day and she said that this at the age of 90. And I believe she's spot on. Never stop learning. We're always learning. And we can also learn from those who are, who are not Christians or young Christians. We can learn from them too. We've got something for each. Each person can share something positive. As for spiritual strength, we learn and then we let it sink in. Then a test comes and it's when we put that that we learnt into practice. And my husband, he has horses and he trains horses. And what he does is he spends some time working with his horses, educating them, teaching them how to tie up and lead and... Um, pull a cart and all the things he teaches them to do. He'll do that for a period of time, uh, day after day, and then he'll, he'll let them go to the paddock and just let them be out there and think about it then. And I don't, I don't think it's that much different to what God does with us. I think he does put us out to pasture every now and then in a way where he just goes, oh, I think you've, I'm not going to, press any more lessons on you now. I'm just going to let that sink in and then I've got some more for you later. Like seasons, I think that he personalises that for everyone. But going to church every Sunday helps. Okay, 11. To put God first, instead of doing other things on Sunday, go to church. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, so I've got an example from around about 35 years ago and I was doing VCE, year 12, and I said to my mum, Mum, I'm going to stay home from church today because I've got so much homework to do, I really should study. And it was that day I remember learning that lesson that I should have really just gone to church because I got nothing done. I just, I'll tell you what, I couldn't get my thoughts together. They were all over the place. I was just fluffing around. I just didn't get anything done. So from that time on, I decided, I purposed that it wasn't a good enough excuse that I got something else on because it probably won't amount to anything anyway. So... Going is important. Number 12, it is never good to isolate yourself from other believers. Mm. In your time of need, how can someone help you? In someone else's time of need, how can you help them? Your spiritual growth will be hindered when you isolate yourself. So don't isolate yourself. Again, isolating ourselves is what we did a lot of last year. So let's not do that. Usually, each of us either are going through a testing time or we have just come out of one or we're about to go into a testing time. Oh, goodness, there's testing times ahead of us. It's true. How can you get rid of... How, if you're not living, if you're not being tested somehow. And uh, to live life to the full, you need to pass, have a go at passing these tests. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, did you watch A Current Affair last night? You would have seen a man in Queensland who wants to introduce Satanism to the classroom in the schools. And, um, and he, uh, this is the interesting thing, though. He admitted it's not because he really wants Satanism in the schools, though he said, oh, i got a few parents interested in it. And uh, I thought, goodness gracious, who would sign their child up to that? Actually, some, some parents sign their children up to that, good grief. And um, no, the real reason was to keep Christianity out. He wanted to make an example and get Christianity moved out. That's the real reason why he wanted to introduce Satanism. He knew it would largely be a lost cause. He just wanted to make an example. So how interesting is that? Also, you may have noticed public schools have increasingly become churches of atheism and moral relativism. Do Christian parents really want to entrust their children to such a system that is built on the sand of man's word and not the rock of God's word? Because we see in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, 
and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and, with, and it was a great fall. People have not stopped building their houses on sand. I can't believe it. With all this erosion, and they're surprised, but that is evidence that the, um, the ocean was in that far anyway. So let's put a... Because of the sand, just because the sand is there. But they'll keep building their house on the sand. Apparently drainage is good if you put your house on the sand. That's, I spoke to a builder. That's what they said. And there's another problem. If you build your house on clay, then that's a problem because your house starts cracking up. So, um, so don't build your house on clay either, but don't build your house on sand. Going to church regularly is doing God's will, giving us a great foundation for our lives and affecting the lives of others for good. God has a perfect plan for us and it's in our interest to explore the plan, the plan God has for us. We come to church to understand that plan and abide in it. The time we devote to God is not wasted. No, it's never wasted. Praise the Lord. He is faithful. Um, I'll finish there. I could, I could go a little bit longer, but um, I'll, I'll stop there. Now, um, I just want to encourage you in um, inviting people along to church People really have unanswered questions out there and um, science can't explain why we are an intelligent race. They can, ex they can explain the chemistry side and the physics side, but they can't explain the intelligence side. But God can explain that. And we are so intelligent that we're able to communicate with each other and they can't explain how that has come about. But God can. God is intelligent. All he did was he spoke and this world was created. It was created for us. So, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you to encourage others to come along to church. And that's a story about creation that I'd love to share another time and um, probably next time and um, it's it's an amazing world we live in and I can't believe that there's scientists out there cancelling uh, the thought that there's an intelligent being that put us here. Please tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message from Grace Chapel. Bye for now.